You're listening to sermons from Crossroads Community Church. You can find out more information about Crossroads by visiting our website at crossroads.cc or by visiting us on Sunday mornings at 1420 Lakeside Drive in Yorktown, Virginia. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. All right. Happy Easter, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Are we still waiting for seats in the back? Can I, Paul, are we still waiting for seats in the back? Are we okay now? We're good. Okay. Yeah, oh, thank you. I think, we're all, I think we're all in now. I know you guys don't like to sit right beside each other, but sometimes you have to do that, you know? <laughs> all right, well, happy Easter. I just, I love this day. Don't you love this day? It is the day that we can come together and say that He is risen and know that it's true. Amen? It's an exciting day. I love Easter because when things in our lives seem to be over and we're brokenhearted, we realize that it's not over. There's hope. There is hope. I love Easter because of the new life it brings, the fresh start that it gives us. I love Easter because Jesus conquered death. And for those of us who are in relationship with Jesus Christ, guess what? We do not have to be afraid of death any longer. There's nothing scarier than death. But place your faith in Jesus and you realize that he defeated sin and death and you can have eternal life in him. Isn't that great news? What I love about Easter is that, um, that Jesus made the devil the butt of the joke. Man, he thought he had won. Jesus was dead on the cross. And uh, can you just see the smirk on the devil's face? Wipe that smirk off your face, Satan. You lost. You have been duped. You are a loser. Jesus wins. Amen? So good. So so excited about today. I, uh, one of the things I like to do, which may seem kind of weird to some of you, I like to read inscriptions on tombstones. Um, You go down to like the battlefields in Yorktown, I like to see what things are written on them. And so I looked up a few um, this week. These are not ones in Yorktown, but fun ones otherwise. One said, um, died, capital D-I-E-D, died at the top from not forwarding that text message to 10 people. (laughs) One said, "I, I told you I was sick. One said, I was hoping for a pyramid. You guys don't get that one, huh? One said, she always said her feet were killing her. We just didn't believe her. (laughs) One said, here lies Johnny Yeast. That's his name, Johnny Yeast. Says, here lies Johnny Yeast. Pardon me for not rising. (laughs) But if there was an inscription over the tomb of Jesus, it would say, don't worry about it. I'm only borrowing it for the weekend. All right? He was only there a better part of three days, and he rose from the dead. And that's the focus of this morning. I want to I be very brief today because really the focus uh, of what we're going to do this morning are the baptisms and the testimonies that you're going to hear in just a few moments. But I want to I share a quick little message with you. And uh, it's actually a message that's already written for me. Uh, it's not my message. It's a message that Peter preached in Acts chapter 2. Um, I love, his, I love the message. He was a, a pretty new follower of Jesus Christ. It was his first sermon and, uh, and I give him an A+. Plus. As a pastor, I look at that sermon and say, A+. Plus. I mean, 3,000 people got saved that day. So what, what better sermon could there be? Pretty good sermon. And it's a sermon that's filled with hope as well. Home run. Great, great sermon. And I, I, man, we need some hope. So let's look at his sermon. Uh, it comes with uh, three points. Uh, most good sermons do. And see if you can pick them up as we read them. Starting in uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 22. It says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to 
uh, to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. It's a powerful sermon right there. comes with three points. The first one is this. We see his perfect life. We see the perfect life of Jesus. It says, fellow Israelites or you know, speaking to us today, Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. So Jesus, the, the miracles of Jesus got the attention of people. It's pretty easy to figure out why. They had never seen miracles before. There were people who were, who were sick, people who uh, were, were lame, he, people who were blind, people who were hungry, and Jesus shows up, and he begins to touch those people, and suddenly those who are blind can see, suddenly those who were hungry have been fed, suddenly those who are lame are now up and walking around, and it's this overwhelming evidence that Jesus is who he claimed to be, that he had power over disease, that he had power over deformities, that he had power over demons, that he had power over death. In fact, John 10 says this, Jesus says this about himself, the works that I do in my Father's name they bear witness of me. It's like he's saying, um, you know, no one else, you've not seen this happen from anybody else. And the things that I am doing, um, the things that I am doing show you that I am the son of God. Remember Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the dark and Nicodemus says to Jesus, we know that God is with you because no man can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. In fact, the religious leaders um, that wanted Jesus dead. This is what they said about him. What shall we do for this man works many signs? So they have all this evidence around them. They're, they're seeing it with their own eyes. They're hearing it with their own ears. They've witnessed these miracles. And Peter is drawing their attention to that and saying, consider the, the life of Jesus. Consider the miracles that you've seen in Jesus. How many of you would say that you have witnessed a miracle in your life. You have seen a miracle with your own eyes. Look at the hands in the room. Um, uh, there are a lot of things that I've prayed for and sought miracles in that God didn't do it the way I thought that he should do it. Anybody else with that one too? <laughs> All right. But there have been times when I have seen the miracle working power of Jesus Christ. Um, my brother is a miracle. I experienced a miracle personally this week. Um, and I told God that I would share that with you. And um, so a couple weeks ago, I went uh, into, um, uh, I was here working, and all of a sudden, one of those uh, kidney stones hit me. Uh, a nine millimeter kidney stone, apparently, which we found out there. So a Buick-sized kidney stone, actually it's the size of a pea, but it's really the size of a Buick, or at least it feels like that. Um, and so I, you know, I, 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 went, I went to the hospital and uh, in the process of all of that, by the way, it's still there. It's coming out Tuesday. You guys can pray for that. It's coming out Tuesday. But I, I, went to, um, I went to the doctor. I went to the ER. In the process of all that, they're running all of these scans on me, including a CAT scan. And they come to me and they say, uh, Aaron, you, you've got a 9-millimeter stone. It's obstructed. Your, your kidneys is, is huge, and uh, we're going to have to do something about that. I had emergency surgery the next 
day. But in the, in the testing of all of that, in the CAT scan, they said, and, and there's an incidental finding, Aaron, uh, Heather's sitting there with me. They said, there's a mass in your abdomen. And uh, all of a sudden, like, they're talking, you know, I'm there with a kidney stone, and now they're talking about cancer and biopsies and PET scans. And uh, it was about two or three hours of panic and then complete peace. The Lord just gave me complete peace. And um, so they scheduled a PET scan for me, which I had on Tuesday, uh, which is scary if you've ever had a PET scan, because you know what PET scans are, are looking for. And on Tuesday, I had that PET scan, and that mass was completely gone. Amen. Disappeared. Gone. And uh, just a huge miracle in our life. Um, and I know you've experienced those kinds of things in your life, too. Uh, you raised your hand to say so. And so uh, when we think of these miracles, Peter is pointing us to Jesus, the miracle maker, and do you know what the greatest miracle of all is? Saving somebody. You know, somebody that goes from, from earth to heaven. That is the greatest miracle. And if Jesus can, if Jesus can heal the lame, if Jesus can open the, uh, the blind eyes, if Jesus can raise people from the dead, then we should consider his perfect life. That's what Peter is pointing us to. And then he goes into the second point, uh, his planned death the planned death of, of Jesus. Verse 23 says, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. When I think of, of Jesus, it seems impossible, almost unthinkable, almost unimaginable that the, uh, a, a person with the caliber of Jesus Christ would actually die. But the life of Jesus wasn't normal, and the death of Jesus wasn't normal either. Do you notice how Peter approaches the death of Jesus from two different angles here? First, he says it was God's deliberate plan. But then he says, and it was also the wickedness of men that led him to the cross, that nailed him to the cross is actually the, right, the words he uses. So first, it's his deliberate plan it's a strategy. And then it's also the wickedness of man that put Jesus on the cross. So we have both of these elements together, the, the vicious plot and the victorious plan, both together. The death of Jesus was a, a, a plan. It was a strategy. It was deliberate to rescue you and me. It says in Revelation chapter 13, the lamb was slain before, what does it say there? The foundations of the world. This was always the plan. From the very beginning of time, the plan of God, the purpose of God, was that his son would be crucified for our sins. That's the deliberate plan. But then on the other side, it was the sin of you and the sin of me and the sin of us that nailed Jesus to the cross. Isaiah puts it this way, all we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way, but the Lord laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Our sin separates us from God in the same way that it, relationally when you offend or you sin against somebody, there's a wedge that's driven in between those two people, and we have sinned against our Creator, our Creator. 
Whether you feel that or not, whether you know it or not, it is there. Romans 5 says, we are reconciled to him, God, through the death of his son. You need it. I need it. It's our choice whether we accept it or reject it. But we see that his death was planned, and thank God that it was, because he loves you and me, the ones who put him on that cross. Then third, the, point, the last point that Peter makes is about his powerful resurrection. Verse 24 says, But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible, that's a big word, impossible for death to keep its hold on him. This is the left hook of this message that Peter gives. The death of Jesus is a victory. And do you know why it's a victory? Because Jesus didn't stay dead. On three days, he rose from the dead. It was a victory. He is risen. In that moment, everything, everything changed. Everything changed. And sometimes people will say, well, pastor, that's where I draw the line. Like, I'm, I, can, I can look at his life. I can look at his death. But now you're talking about him rising from the dead. Like, I don't, that's where I draw the line. I've never seen anybody be raised from the dead. I've, I've done a lot of funerals in my life. I've never gone to Walmart the week after and seen that person walking around Walmart. Has that ever happened to you? Never happened to me. Never happened to me. But still, I have no trouble believing that Jesus rose from the dead. Because the, the greatest thing we can have in court is what? An eyewitness. There were eyewitnesses all over the place. Forty days of eyewitnesses. That's the strongest testimony. You can't refute an eyewitness. And for 40 days, here are some of the eyewitnesses. Peter, the 12 apostles, 500 followers at one time. James, all the apostles, Paul, Mary Magdalene, a group of women, two guys walking on a road who ate dinner with him, multiple people. This is conclusive proof. It would stand in any court, in any nation, Jesus rose from the grave. All right? Now, if I came to you this morning and I said, hey, um, Crossroads, you're not going to believe this, but yesterday I was at Walmart, and it's true, I was at Walmart. It's the worst place ever created. I was there. I was there. And what if I came in here this, 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 uh, you know, this morning and said, while I was in Walmart, I saw Taylor Swift in the produce section. See, you guys are laughing, right? You're laughing. You're like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Then what if my wife came up in here and she said, you know what? I was with him and I saw her too. There's still some chuckles in the room, you know? What if a, a family stood up and said, you know, we were at, uh, we were at Plaza Azteca having dinner and she, she came in with her family and we saw them eating dinner at Plaza Azteca. We saw Taylor Swift eating dinner at Plaza Azteca. What if 500 people stood up and said, we were at Grafton High School last night and Taylor Swift has a friend or family member in the area, and she did a, a small concert with 500 people at Grafton High School, and we were there, 500 people. So we saw it. We were there. What if another family said, we went to Sweet Frogs after that, and man, uh, you know, here comes Taylor Swift and her family and Sweet Frogs just up the road here. You see, the, the laughter begins to die down. It's like, oh, all right. I can dig it now. Like, I can, I can see that. And not just that that happened with Jesus, because it did, but not just that, but the people who saw him, the people who witnessed him, 
the ones who had put him on the cross now see him walking around, they were willing to give their lives up for this. People who were, uh, the people that saw him, many of them, his closest followers, died horrible, horrific deaths because of what they saw and what they believed. The evidence is strong. Jesus not only gave his life for you, the evidence shows that he rose from the dead. The verse says that it was actually impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Impossible. The one who said, I am the resurrection and the life cannot be held by death. The one who had no beginning cannot have an end. The one who caused all things to exist cannot himself cease to exist. It's impossible. Death cannot hold down the author of life. It's impossible. As the worship team comes, I want you to consider this. Peter, he was, he was sharing this message because it meant so much to him because he knew it personally. And Peter was a fisherman. That's what he did. He got up every day and he went fishing. That's all he did. Got up, went fishing, went to bed. It was a very predictable life. It was a very monotonous life. I'm sure there were times when Peter looked over the Sea of Galilee a few times and thought, is this all there is to life? Like I'm, I wake up in the morning and I go to bed at night and in the middle I fish. I, I'm born and I die and in the middle of all that I catch fish. That's it. But something happened in the life of Peter. He met a man named Jesus who said, follow me. And when he, met, um, when he met Jesus, something happened to the heart of Peter. Um, it's called hope. <laughs> hope began to grow and grow and grow in, in the heart of, of Peter. But then one day, all of that hope was shattered. Jesus died on the cross. In fact, um, when Jesus died, Peter's hope died. And Peter went back to doing what he had always done, fishing. Fishing. That's what he knew. And that's what he did. And his hopes were completely shattered. But when Jesus rose from the dead, he went looking for Peter. And when he finds Peter, this hopeless man found a living hope. And his name is Jesus Christ. And his life was completely changed. He was alive, living with Jesus. A living hope. And he expressed that in 1 Peter 1, verse 3. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Does anybody need a living hope today? Anybody? I do. He is my living hope. Without the resurrection, I am hopeless. Without the resurrection, we are hopeless. Without the resurrection, we are dead in our sins. Without the resurrections, we just die and it's over, period. Just like everyone else. But with Jesus, the one who died and rose again, we have a living hope. And he is my living hope. And I can't imagine living a single day of my life without Jesus. Jesus doesn't just offer us a resurrection. He is the resurrection. Jesus doesn't just offer us life. He is life. Jesus, Jesus doesn't just offer us hope. He is hope, a living, living hope. 
We find that in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? One of the things that people like to say about Jesus is that he's just like every other religious leader, that he was a good man who taught some great things, but the empty tomb completely separates him from every other religious leader in the world. Everything changed that morning when the angels said, he is not here, he is risen. And I want you to know because of that, you can know he is serious about you. And the proof is that he, that he died for you. He died for your sins on the cross. He died so that you can have relationship with him, so that you can be rescued, redeemed, freed up, to have the promise of a, a home in heaven, to have a purpose in this life. Easter is all about celebrating. Celebrating that Jesus died and rose again, and he's serious about you. He's serious about you. He loves you. He loves you. And he can be your living hope. And I just want to invite you right where you are right now to, to, to pray with me. If, if you're looking for a living hope, if you recognize this morning that your sins have separated you from your Creator, and that Jesus is the only answer for that, his death, and that his resurrection proves that he is who he says that he is. Would you just pray this prayer? Say, Jesus, I just I confess you as Lord. You are God. I believe in you. I believe that you died for my sins. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that you rose from the grave. Come into my life. I turn now from my sins. Show me how to live for you. Make me alive. Be my living hope. If you prayed that prayer with me this morning, would you just slip up your hand real quick just so we can see you? Thank you. Any others? Everyone all over the place. Thank you, guys. What a great thing. Come on, Crossroads. Let's hear it for those that raised their hands. Great thing. Amazing thing. The Bible says you just crossed over from, from death to life. What was... Dead is now alive. What was old is made new. All of that because of a living hope in Jesus Christ. This morning we're going to celebrate baptism together and you're going to see how Jesus became a living hope for so many here at Crossroads. You're going to hear their testimonies. You're going to see their baptisms. Our kids are coming in to, to watch even some of their friends be baptized this morning as well. Um, we have planned baptisms, people who have uh, who signed up and let us know they're being baptized today. But maybe in the midst of all of this today, you've realized that he is your living hope and you want to stand publicly and say, I too, I too want to be baptized. I follow Jesus in baptism. If that's you, uh, we've got extra stuff for you. We've got shirts and shorts and clothes and hair dryers and deodorant and all the stuff that you need. Don't worry about all that. We'll get you, we'll get you set. Um, if God's calling you to be baptized today, stand up and be baptized, okay? Um, so we're going to sing a little bit of this song together, and then we're going to watch some folks be baptized. If you're being baptized or you're baptizing somebody or you want to join us and you weren't expecting to be baptized, just meet over here on this side, and we've got a great team that's ready to, to get you started this morning. So why don't you stand with us as we sing this song?
Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Crossroads Community Church. If this message was meaningful to your life, please let us know by sending an email to office at crossroads.cc. You can also watch our services live every Sunday at 9.30 and 11 a.m. or visit our campus in Yorktown, Virginia. If you would like to connect with us, fill out our Connect card by the link in our podcast description. We hope you have a blessed week and we can't wait for you to listen again soon.